What up, guys? This is Mitch Osman, your captain for Forward Madison, and you're listening to New Dog Mazine. listening to New Dogma Zine. Hello and welcome to another New Dogma audio situation. It is NDZ Live 24. This is Andrew. I'm here with Grant and Mitch. How are you guys? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Outside of the jury duty summons I received in the mail, (laughs) uh, the man wants me to come in and pass judgment. It's a bad choice for them. Yeah. Yeah, we'll so, see if I actually get selected. So that means you're wearing your your Slayer T-shirt yep. with the with the sleeves cut off, mm-hmm. showing off the tattoos. Yep, and just acting as crazy as you can. Yeah, I was just, gonna wear just my start, s- just start yelling about jury nullification, and they'll throw you out immediately. There yeah. you go. There you I go. was gonna wear my soy bomb shirt, but yeah. it's it's at the cleaners. Mitch, you good? Yeah, I'm little alive. So, little sore. Yeah, I uh, me and Trev went and played Sandlot baseball on. On Sunday, not really Sandlot. We played at a field, but the field was hard as a rock. Trev, Trev uh, decided to slide into third base for a triple at one point, and uh, he got a big shiner on his knee for it. So, Oof. Nice. Yeah, he's nice. not doing that again. Yeah. That's rough. We're here tonight. Uh, we have a sort of co-pilot uh, in, in the chair with us, a DJ Dumars from Red Planet on oh, WSM. Man. How are you? Oh, man. Super thrilled. Long-time listener. First-time podcast. <laughs> Good to have you here, man. Uh, you've had you've had us on your show before. I have. I well, I said you on. Yeah, I had Grant yeah. uh, to announce the first edition of New Dog Museum, and then he just kind of stuck around the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny how that works. <laughs> I was like, this this is cool. I like this. I had him on one time. He's just going to be a guest, and he just kept coming back. Here, so. right, here we are. Yeah, we are here tonight uh, with the man. Uh, on, on still on the chase for the golden boot. Uh, Newly on the team of the week. Oh, T-O-T-W. And has been quiet for two minutes somehow as we started this. Yeah. Christian Cheney, how are you? I'm good, guys. I'm good. I wasn't (laughs) quiet, you know, intentionally, but I kind of have to let you guys get your words in. That's good. Thank you. We appreciate that, brother. Nice to be back, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, We had had you on, like, before the season started, right? Mm -hmm. Preseason. We were at... Back when it was snowing still. Yeah. Yeah. Midtown Pub. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, um, right off the bat, so we're coming off of a, a loss and a, a draw against Tormenta and against Greenville. Uh, I would argue the draw was probably, uh, should have been a win. Um, yeah. Man of the match goes to the woodwork on that game. <laughs> Three crossbars and a post. Yeah. 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 It was a twofer on the PK. Yeah. 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 Three crossbars yeah. and a post will uh, get you arrested in some casinos. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Um, not the but, good ones. Yeah, no, <laughs> not the good ones. He mostly, says mostly Greek ones. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, the good Greek casinos in Greece have crossbars and posts. Yeah. And <laughs> as, as you walk in, yeah. yeah. As you walk in, yeah, yeah. You hit the post. Yeah, you're yeah, out of here. You're out of here. Uh, talk a little bit again about um, the. And, and, you know, Cheney, feel free to sit this one out so you don't get in trouble. Uh, but we got to talk about the refs a little bit. 
Um, the refs, uh, the maestro for the Greenville game, Gabriel Schiampi, uh, originally from Italy, now based in L.A., is and the reason I call him a maestro is because he actually is a hey, composer. I, I he, thought you were he, joking. No, he really is a fucking maestro. Like we, like yeah, I actually really... looked it up and I, and like I went to his website and I went to his Instagram account, yeah. linked from his website, and I found a picture of him uh, taking a picture before a game that he refed in Omaha earlier this year. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, Andrew was he, actually being he serious ruined that game. That. I, he was refing us as well. Yeah, the first game in Omaha. Second game in Omaha. So second game. In the second game yeah. in Omaha. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. A, a little bit of note about him as a referee, and this is kind of like what we're dealing. This is probably insane. The, this like, is probably the worst of the worst referees in this league. Uh, like, like, dude, we could not like. Could the not, the I could not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gabriel, I, I came over here earlier because um, we were supplied some information. I can't say from who. Uh, his name uh, sounds like. Uh, Donor Kababa. Donor Kababa. Donor Kababa gave us this information. Passes on to us <laughs> the fact that that uh, Maestro Chiampi uh, has refed seven USL games this season and has handed out 45 yellow cards. Jesus Christ. 45 yellow cards in, over seven games. seven games. Like... That uh, so Ch- when Channing and I first heard this, our reaction was like, that, that's, "That's not no, not like that's not true. The math doesn't work out." No, yeah. no, 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 no. Here's that's the thing: a, is is that the math completely works out because, because this is not he had ten the first game. Because, because I can think of two other refs off the top of my head that also would have that sort of that sort of level. It's insane. It, it is insane. That's insane. Central Valley uh, hosting Tormenta back in May twenty third. Uh, or no, May twentieth, he handed out ten cards alone, ten yellow cards. I think alone. I watched that game. Um, just madness. We have to talk about this a little bit, just because, like, I mean, I, I, I you know, if you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to the Talking Flock that that uh, Rob put out this week. I was on there with him. I mentioned this of like he's a composer, so it's not surprising to me that he wants to have a little bit of everything to do with what happens in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, that but, makes sense. It's frustrating from a fan perspective uh, that we pay good money for tickets only to see the the refs ruin the games and make it about themselves. Yeah. I so I'm gonna be frank here and I'm gonna say some stuff that I normally wouldn't say because my parents will not listen to this. <laughs> that I like your parents, man. Yeah, they're they're nice. My, my parents, my parents, cool. my parents are nice, but yeah, but we, they don't. What about the Dewey brothers? They, it was good. They don't need to yes. hear. They don't need to hear what I'm about to say, which is that. That uh, that whistle on what should have been called advantage is the absolute most dog shit call I have ever seen at any level of of soccer, whether professional or amateur. I have ever seen absolutely dog shit, dog water, horrid, awful, no good. Take him off the tour, Doug. Terrible. Like, yeah. how do you get a job refing? How do you like? Oh, we're hot under the collar. You would get. <laughs> We're hard under the collar. That's so, how you really you feel, the, Mitch. You can see the steam coming out. Oh yeah, you know. Yo, I was especially you, upset. You about eleven, that. Like, especially. like that wouldn't be that wouldn't be tolerated at U eleven level. Yeah, it, it wouldn't was, be. It was bad, dude. I, I back heel meg the guy Tuchelo's foot. He fall. I fall on the ground. I look up, and they're in a two v one, probably a one v one with Cello. Yeah, it, what, he was past him. And I look, him. and I look at the, I look at him past the ball in the net, and the ref calls a f- fell on me when I'm at half field. Right. Yes. That was that was the that was the thing is is that then he had to talk it over with the side judge who was like, "No, that was a foul 
on Tormenta. And then, or Greenville, rather. And then, I don't know, they, they gave a car, he gave a card. To the, the wrong card, person. The card was for Descent. Yeah. It was not for the foul. Yeah. It was yeah. for Descent. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were other just very questionable calls or no calls in that game uh, for... Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he Davalanis is like scissor he, tackle from behind. On Steven, on Steven. Yeah. yeah, that that one. Yeah, I actually work with a guy who refs occasionally, and he was standing literally right on the ad board, right where it happened. And Champy runs over to him, and my guy that I work with says, "Please do something. Give him a caution." That was egregious. And he's like, he looked at me with like a deer in headlights. Like, he had no idea what he was doing. You, you want, I think he had every idea what he was doing. He knew doing. exactly what he was doing. You, you want to know, know something I had never, I had never heard before up in, the, up, in the, uh, up in the press box? Someone with the team radioing down, asking for security for the refs oh, yeah. getting off the field at the end of the first half. Yep. I, I think the bigger question that I have, and they were booed when they came out after halftime, um, you know, the, the frustrating thing, I, I think that there's a couple of talking points on this. Um, part of it's the club's way of handling it. We have to know, like, we're not going to win over referees by arguing with them. No. Right? But, no. You, but also, at the same time, like, the league doesn't seem to want to have anything to do with it. They're quiet whenever they're called, you know, out, yeah. out for it on social media. Right. I don't think social media is the way to connect with them on that regard anyway. But what... I guess the question from my perspective is, what can fans do about this at this point? Because that seems like the only people, maybe potentially, that might have a say. I don't know that we even have enough fans in this league to be able to have just, some yeah, kind of majority opinion. I, I don't think there's anything we can do. I think we, what we're, we just it, it, it's what we're doing right now. Sign up just and bitch about it. Sign up and force and, yeah. uh, and take over. Because yeah. Take over the refereeing jobs from... People who legitimately, apparently, cannot do it. I have enough hobbies. I mean, jobs. But it's, <laughs> right. It, it's, it's well, exactly. it's, well, that's the it's, problem. It's also one of those things I look at too. And it's, it's another example that the league doesn't care. All, well, the, yeah. all these refs are doing this part time. Every right. single one of the right. refs okay. at this level like, are doing it part time. Right. So, so yeah. yeah. To me, the, it's the level, right? Like, are you, just like you have to have a level to make it in the league as a player and a coach, you have to also have that same level uh, whether you're on the line or in the center yeah and i just i think yeah. it's really hard to get that infrastructure together where we have nationally a pool of professional rep- referees that are competent at the level the problem is is that pro sends them everywhere like it's not like we get local refs that they just come out if they're local like we have a pool of refs that are in wisconsin or northern illinois or something like that that will come out for our games they send these refs Everywhere, and so you have you can only get refs that are doing this part time and have enough time where they can fly and do this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, like for example, um, when we had uh, Jervis Adagana, Jervis Adagana is a truck driver as his full time job. <laughs> so, and we have Siampi here, who is a composer, and these are the sorts of people. Who are our reps, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but that yeah. means that these are these are like you can't get someone who works a nine to five office job because they have to fly out, you know, or they have to do weekday games or whatever in order to continue getting work, and that limits your pool, and because of that, it limits our pool of competent referees. Yeah, 
I'm sure this will be a continued talking point through the end of the season. We're done. And that's okay. Yeah, uh, more bad refs. Dumars, we we noticed that you are uh, the new persona non grata down in Omaha. Uh, you've taken that title from me. Oh, uh, that's because they, that, they all blocked you, man. <laughs> that, that won't good. be taken They don't from see me. your tweets. Oh, I, that's because I blocked them, too. <laughs> right. No, I, just, I, I think I want to hear about it from your perspective because I, I find them to be toxic and grating and a, not at all a fun group. But I think part of it comes back to uh, the criticism of some of the things that they are doing and taking uh, as far as fan culture the world over and kind of uh, commodifying it. A little bit. Well, they're manufacturing it. That that was what triggered me on the social media. They've got this deal where folks, supporters, friends, whatever, can go up to the owner's box, luxury suite, and pop smoke up there. To me, that smacked like manufactured supporter culture because you you got the the luxury suite. You know, you don't have it coming from. The, the parliament on the berm, you've got it coming. Yes, you do have it down there, but you also have this imagery around, you know, the luxury suite, and that's where our culture is being driven from, like top down. Right. And I, I just pointed out that that was, that was a really bad look, you know, for a supporters I just think it's group. Fucking stupid. Also, that <laughs> it is. <clears throat> it, it, you know, it's like just, it really smacks. It's. It's just, it's just though, like, I, I will say this, I'm being honest, like, I love Leo, but, like, having the Just Coffee container to fucking throw the the smoke into so that it's <clears throat> coming out of a sponsored thing, I was vehemently against when I was first brought to me a couple of years ago. As was I. Because it's taking something that's supposed to be a spontaneous thing... And uh, by the way, USL already fucks us uh, the fans over by not letting people do it outside of like approved times. God bless. Uh, so I, I feel like in general, it's not like we're asking for flares or whatever it is. Which, by the way, that was like one of the fucking cringiest moments uh, at ISC conference this year was uh, cold, cold the cold flares and cold then passing flares. them out to people to like wave around. It's just like. What are we doing? If you can't get away with doing this thing, like, in a way that's spontaneous and really kind of prizes that spontaneity and, like, it coming from the fans as, like, a show of support for their team, then what the fuck are you doing? Just pack it up. Like, we're, it's not like we're trying to be Detroit here. Like, we just <laughs> want to be normal. Nobody can be Detroit, Mitch. Just ask them. Yeah. I mean... Right. What I found so interesting about the reaction to that from a whole, just a whole bunch of people in the Boohoverse was just like how thin-skinned they were. You know, it's they like they always have been. Hey, they're Classic. white folks from Nebraska. What the fuck do you? Expect? I'm just saying. I, yeah, I, I pointed out like, look, you guys are getting a criticism from me because it looks like you're manufacturing a supporters culture from the luxury suite rather than on the berm. And I said this wouldn't be an issue at all if you guys actually showed up and had a supporters culture on game day, actually made a supporters culture happen in Warner Park, not get sung off your own stadium ground by a single bus of people from Madison. I, but, you know, what they were looking for is respect on Twitter that they didn't earn in the stands with their culture. And I pointed that out, and 
Oh. And then the arrows flew. They asked for they asked for they asked for that respect before they but even kicked Dave, the ball. Dave, this that this goes into as well is that exactly what you're saying is that they they wanted to build their culture through social media, mm. and like because when they first, and the photos and, and because, the videos because when they fit, when they first came in the league, the first thing they started doing was talking shit with us, and like they've been. The, there's no recourse for that. There's no, there's nothing to where they're coming and talking about that or anything or like answering for that. And so it's just it's more of this where you're just talking online. Right. So go ahead with what you're going to say. I was going to say that we should put the parliament and the Buhoverse aside because we've got more important things to talk about. Yeah. Namely, I had to, I did have, I was reflecting so much after the match and the referee performance and just how it seemed always to be a concern of of our fan base of supporters we i have to say this you know i talked i talked real talk to the bullhos i'm going to talk real talk to us and that is we are perpetually aggrieved about the referees and what oh, yeah. saturday was horrible but we bitch about the referees all the time as a group and my question for you christian so our on the field our approach to and this has been true pretty much all five years is that Ford Madison has about, been about soccering. It's been about connecting. It's been about technical play, possession, using the ball, um, not to like bunker down and hit people on the break, but we wanna we wanna play the beautiful game. And as somebody who's had to game plan against Ford Madison, I know this is a different team than previous years, but as somebody who's been in planning sessions, getting ready to play against Ford Madison, is the game plan for a team that wants to do that following the fuck out of them. And just knocking them off the ball and trying to disrupt, slow the game, and break the rhythm. Yeah, break the flow. And, and, yeah. and, then, yeah. and then the referees, we as fans, are seeing the other team constantly. That's the tactic? Maybe, I don't know if that's true or not. But Well, I mean, there's never going to be a coach. I mean, at least I've never experienced a coach that the game plan is, hey, let's just go fuck these guys up. You know, it's not like, hey, go foul them every time you can because... Mm. That's just not the game, right? Like, Sean, Sean Payton not coaching. I was, I was, I was going to say, there's not a Chuck Daly. There's, not, there's no nah, Chuck it's, Daly at USL1. Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, at least not that I've experienced. But no, I mean, it, obviously with a, a possession-oriented team, um, you got to find a way to, yeah, to disrupt their play. I mean, maybe right. you take a little foul here, you play a little dirty, you step on feet, you pull jerseys, you pinch, something, you know? Yeah. But that's just that it's not something that you talk about. It's just like, like for instance, certain players like me, like I'm just naturally doing things like that. It's just how I grew up playing the yeah. game. It's the culture of like, as, as well as like the, the Latin like culture that I come from is that's how I learned to play the game. So I naturally do things like that. Other players, you know, they don't. So then when teams are hitting them and refs aren't calling them, how do they react? Yeah. They get yellow cards, they deal with the ref, they do this, they do that. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm the number one advocate for like going at a ref for being stupid as hell, but I had to calm it down, you know, I'm not trying to get eight yellows, I'm not trying to miss any games this season, I want to score, I want to be on the field, right, so... I mean, yeah. Say that because I think you're at eight yellows this season. I'm at six. I'm at six. Uh, Double check that. They took away. They took away one when I was at four, and then I got two more. I'm gonna have to double check which one that was. That's a stat. Trust me, we're we're following that tentatively. Real quick, I've got I've got a question for you, Cheney, because I noticed some some uh, some interesting some of your sort of like start of the match rituals. So I want to ask you about that, but. Dumar is a little bit for you and maybe for all of us at the table. You know, we have a little bit of a go at, at Omaha fans here and there just because of uh, some of the past stuff. But at, 
I gotta quote my life, my wife here a little bit of saying, telling me my let, favorite line that she's let, ever said. Let people like things, uh, <laughs> whether it's owner sweet smoke or whatever the fuck it is. We're doing our own thing here. It's why we don't talk shit about other fan bases okay. like on here very often. Uh, you know, sometimes they have it coming. Sometimes it's part of the like rivalry like lead up to a game so we we talk about it a little bit but i want to quote um i read this quote uh, a couple of months ago by olivia lang who's a writer um talking about reparative reading using the info they have to find solutions she says be fundamentally more invested in finding nourishment rather than identifying poison and i my this other writer i really liked was talking about this and said you can identify all the poison you want, but if you don't find nourishment, you'll starve to death. Damn. Come to the new Dog Museum audio situation to get a chance to ask Christian Cheney and stay for the healing therapy session. That's <laughs> what we do, Dave. It's, awesome. just, it's I, a new dogma. I, I've had to put my, my, my perspective through that lens a few times and just thinking to myself, like, I can get mad about whatever it is other people are doing or whatever happens to me. Or I can look, focus on my a, focus on my own shit, but b, like try to look for the good, good in it, see what's happening. Uh, if they're doing it for little kids that might not otherwise be able to do it, whatever, you know. Well, and you're right because as you go through life, you realize that the only thing that you ever really have control of is your perspective. That's it. And yeah. So, but from there, as you move on to, it's one of those things too where we said this on the podcast. You know that we recorded last week is hey at least we have a local that we can complain about yeah there's a lot of people like that don't have a, have a team that they can complain about mm-hmm. and so and we have a local team that we get to not only get yeah. to go and support but we get to do a podcast and we get to go and like complain about them you know on a, on a weekly basis yeah people because, put be, stock be, in our complaints because because we care because we love we love this stuff like I like I said, it's it's a wonderful condo that we have built inside the minds of all the Omaha fans. We have now got um, we're working on uh, the pool right now, um, and we've now infinity pool. That's what I'm going for. Yeah, we're gonna go with uh, the salt water, I think. Yeah, and, and so and brackish now, water. Yep, and yep. now and now with with what Dave's going through, I think I think we can now have space for uh, a basketball court. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think I, we're building a very nice space inside the heads of all the fans at Omaha. It's I, beautiful. It's I will, beautiful. I'll just pass on. Before I ask my question about the start of game rituals, focusing on our own shit is how we grow stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Focusing on 100%. arguing on the internet is why there are 50 people on a berm uh, instead of several hundred. Right. Uh, That's all I think that they need. They just need to, people to show get up. Get off the internet. Show up. Hang out. Two dollar bill beers. Have a, have a good time tomorrow. Anyway, or Cheney, at Warner Park, they should go. I saw you at the start of this last game, doing some making some rounds. I want to ask you if this is part of your sort of usual pregame or like start of game ritual. Make sure you know. I, I think part of it was just like, hi, you know, walk up to the ref. Hi, I'm Christian Cheney. I'm just going to be playing this game today. Uh, walking up to all of the Greenville players saying, hello, it's nice to meet you. Uh, I will be playing against you today. Hopefully you take it easy on me. I, I don't, you know, I, I probably could score more goals, but uh, I might score against you today. Um, what exactly is it that you're putting in the ear of 
these opposition players and the referees to, at, the, at the start of the game before the whistle blows? Well, referees, first off, like, if you know me, you know that I I could talk my way in and out of any situation. <laughs> the Irish call that blagging. Yeah. 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 Either way, um, I just kind of go up to these refs, and I know that I can't. They're they're different, you know. Referees, they they're all different, right? So, I just try to be a nice guy. Hey, what's up? How you doing today? Where are you coming from? How was your travel? Yeah, okay. No, we're gonna have a good day today. Understand that this team is gonna be hitting me the whole time. Mm. Help me out a little bit so that yeah. we're not arguing. I'm not screaming at you. You're not screaming at me. You know, and that's just is, is part of that that you're doing a vibe check. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent of the time. I talk to every single ref. Yeah, every every single time we start yeah. our possession. It's right next to where the fourth official and everybody's at. I walk up to every center ref yeah. and I talk to him. But if you see me talking to the Greenville guys, that's more of just a mental game. It's more got of a just, hot mic over here. Yeah, but like I said, that just that's just the mental the mental game. Just trying to get in their head, try to either a be a nice guy or b like like be a dick. Like it's one or yeah. the other. You know, You're depending. feeling them out. Yeah, hundred percent. So I that's like all that. it is. One other question I had was, you've been away from Fresno now for like half a year, right? Haven't, haven't been back home since you showed up here. What do you miss the most about home? My family, man. My family, you know, my, my people. And when I say family, I mean, obviously, my ex, not my immediate family, but like I have a lot of really, really close like people in my life. You know, my, my best friends, my boys, like they... They have my back. They, they're always on my game. So I just, you know, I just miss having that. But the thing is, I think the only reason why I miss it more right now is because I was actually home for a full year last year, playing in front of my hometown, playing in front of my fans, my family. So I think that just made me kind of like miss having that. But at the same time, then I look at the situation I'm in now and the, and the opportunities that I've had and the position I'm in versus you know, not to say anything bad about them, but like, you know, I just feel like I made a decision for myself to come be better. So yeah, I miss being home, I miss my family, but at the same time, I'm perfectly fine where I'm at right now. And dovetailing off of that, I mean, you know, we've had this conversation, we've seen this after games, that you really seem to get it in terms of like the connection between like the fans and like what it matters here. Um, is there a special connection here? that you've had with like the fans and like just your experience here i mean how about this like no offense like i i've had a special connection with the like fans in like fresno my whole yeah. life you know so like that connection i'm like it has it can be matched you know yeah i have people that have seen me since i was in the academy program yeah people that have seen me at hometown, fresno City, you know so it's, it's like hometown, yeah that connection is is something that's a lot different but what i get here is almost the same but uh, different because like they don't know my uh, my background my upbringing they, they haven't seen me their whole lives i wasn't playing in the parks or you know with you know in the streets playing soccer or basketball whatever it was you know they didn't see all that but they still embrace me and they still show me the love that i yeah. that i like you know yeah. and i and so i i give it back to them i have this little girl that sits in the stands every single game her name is kai she makes me these wristbands, a bracelet. Every time I score a goal, she puts a bracelet. She adds a pink ribbon in it. Yeah, and she she literally yeah, makes she's, she's she makes amazing. my day. Like every time I see that little girl on my games, I think I just have the best job in the world, you know. And like that is what Madison has given me—a complete stranger just giving me nothing but love. And it's like that's awesome. How much more do you want, you know? Yeah, I love that. All right, I got a soccer question for you. Shoot, who gets to ten goals all time 
for Ford Madison FC first. <laughs> you or Derek? This is this and why? And why? Uh, you're you're just throwing Nazim out the window here. Oh, yeah, Nazim also at nine. Nazim's at nine as well. Oh. The thing is, Nazim has what been here two years. Thank you, thank you. Nazim has been here two years. Derek's, Derek's been, been here three. three. So is that's my question? Is it ten? How about this? Is it better to have ten goals than just your whole time here, or ten goals in oh. one season? Don Smart has ten goals. He has ten goals. He had. Uh, in 2019, he had nine overall competitions, eight in USL one. So that's what you're chasing right now. I'm chasing league goals. I don't care about well, the tournament you, goals. So have, so then you only need one more so to tie. To, yeah. So eight is the total for one season. Well, I'm for getting. One season. If you, if I'm, you getting total, I'm getting over ten, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. All, the only thing that matters is <laughs> no, is, yeah, is yeah, Derek going to get it first or is Zemo going to get it first? Either way, put it this way: if they get a goal in the next game. Good for us. Well, well that's well, that, well, that's all time or yeah. in one season. Yeah. Because yeah. I think like, and, and I think that's always the question you want to ask is, do you want the all time record or do you want like the the all time is eleven? The all time all times ten. No, to beat it. Oh, to be to yes. Yeah. Why yeah. would you want to tie draw to draw somebody else's yeah, record? No. You want to beat that shit. You, I thought what you meant was that the all time record was at eleven, which it is not. It's at ten. That's what I was confused. So, <laughs> gotcha. That would be. That's the goal right there. All-time record is my goal. I said so this, all, I think, before. All-time record and the season and record. And season in record. All in one. Mm-hmm. There you go. And if for some way, for if, if I'm blessed enough to, to catch Trevor Amon in a golden boot, say I heat up and he cools down. I mean, if NoCo keeps playing the way they are. Hopefully better for us, but... I just, I just think, I, I think right now I'm, I'm more locked in, and I'm in, I'm in a good position as far as like just mentally and just like in tune with the finding the net right now. So I'm just gonna keep going off of that, and hopefully my team keeps playing the same way we are because they're, they're feeding me right now, yeah. and I love it. So, so many big chances. It's fantastic. The team is beautiful to watch. The, the, the football is beautiful. The, the, the end product isn't always. But that's, that's what we're working that's towards. Life. That's, that's, that's another thing that I just had a meeting with. After the game with Grant, actually, and them, I was telling them, realistically, if I finish all the chances I had, I'd probably be at 20 goals, right? But then again, I'd probably not be in this league. So, so like... Well, I'm glad that you are. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me. I like it. But, yeah, that's that's the goal, ultimately. Like I said, when I first got here, I, I came to the club wanting to be the leading goal scorer, not only of the team, but of the league. So, I still think it's very attainable, at least to get closer, but... Well, that was what tripped me out last week is because we had gone to the Mallards game that Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting there, you were like, I'm going to score both games this week. What? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, com- I'm completely unsurprised because he says he'll score every game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's what you want to say. You're not going to go but, into a but game. It was with definitely a one of those cool things where it's just like, because even, you know, my buddy Matt that was at the game mm-hmm. with us. He, Excuse me. Andrew's mic cable is... The last time this happened, Chaney walked out with a necklace. <laughs> he did. I still have it. You still have it. It's hung up in my closet. <laughs> Holy well, here crap. Here you go. You got another one. <laughs> I read my favorite color. The other one was yellow. Look, Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Christian Chaney. Tell me run out. I got another ben mic the, cable on my car. We got, got one. one. Been on the show twice. Two cables. Two cables. So it just has to be <laughs> It has to be He's too hot. He's too hot, folks. We just need... He's too hot. We need extra cables every time Chaney comes. You know that now. I like... So... And this is one of the things that, you know... um, You know, just... I I think that, you know, what what we've seen... And I think we've seen this on the international stage, too. 
just kind of your body frame and just kind of like the way you play it's kind of like a kareem benzema type <laughs> you know maybe uh maybe uh, uh olivier Giroud. Giroud, take uh, it. christian's way more better looking than, than oh come on oh, i don't know man i mean He's a good-looking dude, but I don't know, is, is there anything better than Captain Handsome? I don't know. <laughs> and so, well, uh, he could be American. Giroud's only signed still because he could make jersey sales because of the way he looks. Because he's so handsome. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but who did you model your game after? Like when you were growing up. Man. So I told you guys before. Obviously, that like growing up, I was to be real. I started as a goalkeeper. And then they figured, like, hey, he has way too much energy to be in the goal. So then they put me as a, as a, as a forward, but I had I never played soccer. Like, I just, my grandfather was from Mexico, and he was into just putting me into the game. So I just started playing, and then I ended up playing center back. So as a center back, I just was, like, this big, valiant guy making tackles, like, I'm putting my body on the line, doing what I had to do for the team to win. Like, that's just how I was, winning everything in the air. And I, I was pretty damn good as a center back, honestly. But, um... There was a time where I looked at him, I was just like, yo, this is so boring. Like, I just, like, these guys, I'm over here making slide tackles to save goals, goal line clearances, and these guys aren't scoring. Like, coach put me up top. Yeah. So then I ended up playing up top. And that's when I started watching more of, like, strikers. Because before, I'd, like, I'd watch, like, Carlos Puyol, like, Vintage, Ferdinand. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, players like that. So I ended up uh, playing striker, and then I started watching a lot of Drogba, a lot of, like, Fernando Torres. Um, I, I actually the, got, I see Drogba. Yeah. I got the opportunity to train with uh, Carlton Cole at Sacramento oh, Republic. Wow. Yeah, and he he was like we kicked it. He was cool. Like I used to hang yeah. out with him. I used to watch video with him, hang out, and he just you know he was there from England. I fresh. remember he was in the Premier League. I was like, man, this guy he he would haunt some teams that were like stacked. Yeah. He would find ways to score against them. Yeah. I was like, God damn this guy. After, yeah. and, and, Carl, and, Carl. and his guy was Drogba. Like, so he modeled his game after Drogba. Yeah. And then he came and he was talking to me like, bro, he FaceTimed Drogba when I'm sitting on the couch with him. Like, <laughs> I'm like, do I say anything? Could I say anything? Like, what am I going to do? But So I ended up like getting really close to him and he started giving me pointers. And at the time, we also had an English coach. So um, I kind of started like just picking up things off of him. But I think naturally, like the way I was... The way I try to be is a little bit different than like his style, more like yeah. Drogba. Like in terms of like, I actually do like to like combine and interchange, and I like to do flicks and do crazy touches around the corner and take weird shots, throw bicycle kicks, stuff like that. You know, like I think that comes from like the Latin culture that I came from, playing streets, playing yeah. playing street soccer, futsal, yeah. just you know, always being on the ball. Speaking of Benzema, though, it's like where did the the love for Real Madrid start? It started when I how about this I was like my grandfather is a Chivas fan from Mexico okay. and I didn't know anything about soccer like I said I grew up playing football and basketball and when my grandfather put me in soccer I used to start watch uh, the Chivas with him all the time all the time and then I, I moved uh, I moved from the little town it's called Singer, California to Fresno, California which is like 20 minutes away and I became friends with a lot of other soccer players who started showing me teams in Barcelona and Madrid and Manchester United this and that and at the time, um, I think Manchester United was like going on a run. But then I watched, I, I seen Beckham get traded to Real Madrid, and I was like, oh, who's Real Madrid? So I started watching them, and they had like Raul, Van Esteroy, and like Seedorf, and all these amazing yeah, players, awesome. Roberto Carlos. Like, so yeah. I, I started watching that, and that's when they were the Galacticos. Like, they were just oh, sure. unreal, you know? Mm -hmm. So I ended up being a Madrid fan, and then I became 
a Ronaldo fan, so I decided, oh, well, that's Spain. Why can't I like a team in England? As a young guy, I was like, oh, okay. Right. So I started becoming a United fan. I'm watching Alex Ferguson, and like Paul Scores, Ryan Giggs, Ferdinand, and like I said, Vidic. he came from Madrid. Van der Sar, and then he went to Madrid. So yeah. I just was like, yo, like. So it was kind of following players. Like you said, players sense, yeah, that you I, were like, I like these guys. But then, like I said, then I also seen the culture of the team, the way they right. played. I started looking up the history of the team. I'm like, yo, this is actually one of the best teams ever. So, like, I just, yeah, cool. I guess I was a bandwagon as a kid, <laughs> but, like, aren't we all at Man, some point? Yeah. I mean, That's exactly the reason why I had a Atlanta Falcons starter coat when I was growing up. Does it Andre Risen? Andre Risen and Deion Sanders, man. Yeah. Deion Sanders. I love those dudes. Those are, those are my two dudes. So, I love that team. Like, MC, I mean, MC Hammer's on the sidelines dancing, doing the too legit to quit. You know, I'm just like, yeah, this is who, who doesn't love this team? Yeah. So, that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, Madrid, United. Those are my two teams still to this day. You mentioned you mentioned with Drogba. Did you play against Drogba when you were in Sacramento? Yes, I did. Um, he was. So crazy thing is, uh, he was at Sacramento. So, like, I got to I got to train with him a little bit. He came to Sacramento first before he came, and he was like looking into investing in a team, investing yeah. in like wineries and this and that. Right. So he came, and he was because we had an English coach, and he just for some reason was right. really connected. Came over, and he was with us for like three weeks, a month. Yo, this guy was insane. He was insane. But I, but I came at the back end of that, so I came the last like week and a half, two weeks that he was there, and after that, he went to Phoenix. That became part of that, and that's that's the history of him. But then after that, that's I think he was like, "Hey, Carlton, if you want to just play second division here and then invest, because he also was investing in a winery, yeah. you know." So like, that's how Carlton Cole came about. You know, when those guys were over here, uh, and right before Forward Madison came on the scene, because Peter Wilt was connected, they were shopping around at the time a little bit for a possible USL Championship team in Milwaukee. <coughs> Uh, I heard before our first season at Forward Madison, like there were very serious talks to bring in a former Premier League player to be a part owner player, player. and potential like eventual USL Championship investor slash owner in Milwaukee, Michael Essien. Michael oh, Essien, what a guy. Like, That's was this close? To playing for Ford Madison in 2019. His agent is essentially the one that told him no. Yeah, because yeah. part of it was because he didn't want to play on turf. No, well, it's 100% the reason. <laughs> and that's another thing I was going to bring up. You guys said that you guys have a historical background of keeping the ball, having possession, yeah, doing this, can't doing do that. that on turf. My guy, I'm sorry. It's so hard. It's so hard. Like, like I noticed that the other day hmm. during the Greenville game, watching it back, how much the ball bounces. The ball it's it's a regular pass, and then it bounces to yeah. you. For instance, you take a touch, and it should, it should be a good touch, and then it rolls like a little bit, and it bounces on you. I mean, right. it's, it's nothing like a baseball field, but it is still noticeable for sure. Hold on, no, bro. It's very bad. I'm sorry. Like, no offense camera, to anybody. Like, yeah. it's, it's bad. I mean, like, you should go actually try to play with us. Like, yeah. It just like today in training, we're just like, gosh, like there's certain spots where we just have to move the drill because we can't train there. You know, and it's yeah. like I don't know. Obviously, it can't happen this year. Down. Yeah, that's Put their, some more pellets down. That's that's the yeah. 
That's like throwing sand on a freaking grass field. I mean, we're, like, getting, right. we're getting new turf in the next two years. I'm going to say, so. perhaps Donor Kebab can do something about this. Mm, maybe. It's not happening. <laughs> Donor Donor Kebab. Kebab. Is it Donor Kebab? Donor Kebab. It sounds complicated, but is yeah. it because of the lease situation or is it because of the concerts? What's no, the deal? Is it because of the weather? Oh, it's 100% well, because of grass? all of the events that they have there. Yeah. Big, it's too expensive to have grass. Yeah. Because, yeah. Especially because events. It's the same thing with Camp Randall. I mean, Camp Randall it has... That's been the question for, for years, is why why is Camp Randall have field turf? Well, the reason is because of all the things that take place on during the season with practice and everything else yep. and everything else. And, and not only that, grass is so expensive... To yeah. keep and maintain it to a high level in the Midwest. Yeah, 100%. That's that's definitely the problem. But I'm not saying, like, put grass. Just put a better field turf in. Just every, like, five, yeah. six years, you're yeah, going to have to do it. If you, if you guys really in. want a good, like, producing, like, yeah. soccer, like, football team, in, like, yeah. yep. even Chattanooga turf, like. Because that's the thing. I'll like, take that every day. So, so, you, so I've been able to, like, use uh, the turf at Camp Randall quite a bit. And. I played on grass. I played on this. The turf in Camp Randall is as close to grass as I've ever been on. Really? Yeah. It's I mean, where's Camp Randall? What is that? That's downtown. The football, it's where, where the Badgers play football. So it's an eighty thousand. Yeah, it's an eighty. It's an eighty thousand seat stadium. Do I have to live on those games? Yeah. There's no way. It, I'll take yeah, care. I'll right take care of that. They, they play in the fall. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take. take care. Yeah, I'll take care of that. And so I one hundred percent want to. But it's uh, one of those things too, where it's like, like that is like top of the line like it feels like grass and that's part, what part yeah. of it I think is the material uh, yeah. where you get it from I mean there are plenty plenty of lower league clubs in England that use 3M's what I will say is this I think with we're going to have to move towards a more sustainable pitch in general uh, and one that is higher quality especially if we've got a first division women's team you have to have right. To. Well, that's that was that's that one was of, that's part one of the, the stipulations, right? Right. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was one of the yeah. big stip- like one do, of the big. Do you guys think if they added more seating in the stadium that you guys would sell more tickets here? One hundred percent. Yeah. So like, because, they well, take away you, those those VIP booths on the other side, and they just keep putting another. If we put, if we put in more seats, they drop prices, and more people will come. That's it's supply and demand. My question here work. is, what would you think if the flock end was like a covered end? So where it was like like, like a canopy over like the a top, can, like, like a, a canopy over top with like a roof, like in England where it's like yeah. So we would all be in that, and the sound like just a comes curva. like yeah. a curva. I think that looks sick if it's high up, like yeah. higher up. Obviously, it can't be just like yeah, right no. there. You'd have to almost like how they have the concert stages. That's right. exactly what it would look like. Yeah, it needs to be loud, literally. made for that. Yeah, know? for sure. So you can amplify the things Keep you guys the like. sound in. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy because no matter how loud you guys are, bro, I don't hear you guys on the field. I'm so locked into the game, and then like after I score, I I don't hear anything until I do my flip, and then I'm like, "Oh, these guys are loud." Yeah, yeah. you know, it's just it's, like it's like a Call of Duty when the when you have the explosion, and you just hear like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's just no, but I, I've definitely been in that situation too before, where you're just so locked into what you're doing. Like, oh, hundred percent. Whether it's been like boxing or whatever. Um, I have a question for you, Cheney. So you mentioned after the Greenville game that you need to stop overthinking when you're in front of goal. Um, that you need to just shoot based on instinct. I mean, that seems a lot easier said than done. How do you go about achieving that? I mean, man, if I'm being honest with you, I had no idea where the goal was on this last shot. Yeah. Like, it's, 
it just I muscle looked, memory I looked up and I seen the goal in front of me and I was like okay I'm in the 18 but I seen the guy coming so I knew I had to get him out of the way somehow so I just nudged him and he went pretty easily and then I just shot where I thought the near post was and that's how it happened it happened the same it went right off his arm, and like you hit it so hard yeah. that it just went in. And it was the same thing in like Omaha when Steven knocked that ball down, and I hit that shot in the top corner. And I just muscle memory, I guess you could say. But like that, mm-hmm. I, I just like I think naturally that's just who I have been throughout my career. Like uh, sometimes I start overthinking, and overanalyzing. It, it, it just it just kinda, it, it doesn't work. Analysis. It doesn't work out for me. Yeah. What I you know one of the interesting things about this last game, especially. I don't know if you knew this. You had almost half the team's shots. It was one of our most productive games as far as the amount of shots that we've had all season. 22, right? Yeah, 22 total shots. You had 10. Uh, I think five were on target, but part of that was because the two of yours were blocked mm-hmm. by somebody. So do you think it's just like a law of averages kind of thing? Like you hit it enough times, it's going to go in. To be honest, I didn't even know I hit it that many times. <laughs> well, you knew you were leading the league in shots. Well, so. yeah, but but that's that's what I honestly came into this league like this season at least wanting to do more of because especially like for instance last season I didn't play a lot. I wasn't the starter for whatever reason. The coach didn't start me, so like my shots would only come in the last 25, 30 minutes of the game. Sometimes 10, 15. So when I came here, I started saying, you know what, I want to start taking my chances more. Yeah. Even if I gotta force it, if I gotta overplay, if I gotta do a little bit extra to just get my shot off, I gotta try it. Yeah. You know, and I realized after they posted that thing, I was like, yo, I have been shooting a lot. Like, I need a score. Like, this is crazy. I have, I probably have like 60 something shots now. 70 at least. Yeah. It was 44 before. So you're probably up to 54? Maybe. No, because there's two games since then. Uh, they released that two games ago. So how many shots did I have in the oh, game against Tormenta? I, I got Mitch is on it. Mitch is on it. Mitch is just, you are a paragon he of is. stats. He is. He is. It's insane. Someone's got Great a term, by the way. So, paragon. Yeah. So, Dave, Dumars. Yeah. Do, would you, do you have more questions for Chaney? Because I know he's got to head out fairly soon. We want to make sure we get all of your burning questions. My answered. last burning question is, why, and Mitch can contradict me if the stats don't back this up, why does the team to be seem to be more focused defensively on the road than at Brees? Man, I'm. I don't want to say. Like, I don't want to make excuses, right? But like, I don't think that it's a lack of focus all the time. Maybe sometimes in certain moments, like individually, I think most for the most part, we are one of the more structured teams. In the league I think structurally as far as our lines and our pressure on the ball and you know I don't I don't know at least for the first half of the season for sure I think we had the least amount of like shots on goal you guys don't give up a lot of goals we don't right I mean I mean there's sometimes where for instance if we shoot ourselves in the foot and we get a red card well we're sitting back on our half the whole time of course we're just absorbing pressure you'll give it away a little bit but at the same time you see things like like the ball, would, like for instance, the ball just bounces sometimes in ways that you can't understand because the field just stops it or hits it this way or hits Look it that way. Look what happened to Yeah, exactly. But I mean, also that it's like there's just, sometimes we just have to be just more, more in, in tune. I guess you could say a little bit more focused. I'm, I'm not saying like it's anyone's fault for anything because we all go through it. But like right. we in in certain moments, I think we just have to be literally just turned on, like the whole time. You can't take a playoff in this league. You know what I mean? Because that came from a no, from nothing. You know, we gave it all away from nothing, and it 
It happens all the time. Like, for instance, we're winning and we get a red card. We're up 2-0 and we get a red card. You know, like things like that, like in my opinion, just should not happen, at least at this yeah. level. So I just think that's just us. We have to, yeah. like as a whole, be 100%. a little bit more just in, oh, yeah. in tune with the game. You know, so... The narrative savvy to bring it all the way back to the referees. <laughs> bring it all the way back to the top of the podcast. We've got a lot of stuff to say. That's our show for this week, folks. Yeah. <laughs> 55. 55. Your second in shots per 90 behind Rafa Munsigan. You're at, you're at 4.0 shots per 90. He's at 4.3. And just score more goals. <laughs> no one's gonna disagree with you here. I love that. Uh, so let's let's round out the show with what we usually round it out with. Uh, what with, we're listening uh, to? Yeah, listening, uh, reading, watching. What is it? Okay. Uh, you know where I've been locked in lately? Ooh. Leon Silvers the third. Leon Silvers the third. Uh, producer for Solar Records. Uh, was one of the main uh, sort of compatriots, uh, people behind uh, the Silvers, S-Y-L-V-E-R-S. But the, the probably the penultimate release of his production credits is Love Is Where You Find It, uh, the, the Whispers album from 1981. Keep on loving me. Yeah. Uh, actually, that was on... No. That was actually on Love Love for Love, uh, which that was Keep on Loving Me was great. But I I'll say what I've been listening to today is Dynasty's album The Second Adventure. That's a good album. That's uh, which is a uh, Leon Silver's the third produced record. If you if you haven't gotten into solo records, it's like Shalimar, Lakeside Dynasty, Midnight Star, um, The Whispers. All this like old late seventies, early eighties R and B and funk stuff. It's super good. Nice. So um, my choice is also on the soul side. Um, I found this album when I was with Sophie. Was it a couple weeks ago? Should I went to the record store? Yeah, I think yeah. a couple weeks ago. It's her birthday, right? Uh, it's coming was up. Her, it's coming up. So it wasn't her birthday. It was gra- Was it graduation? This was a kind of like a quasi graduation. Slash birthday thing. I'm, I just want to go and spend money on you type thing. Yeah. And so, because she's my kid and that's what I do. Right. You know, and so, um, but we went to the record store and when I found, I found the record Marvin Gaye Live. Ooh. <laughs> and this is post um, What's Going On and Let's Get It On. And so, I was texting Andrew this when I was listening to the, I was laughing at the, <laughs> the entire record because... The entire record is just women screaming just out of their minds at Marvin Gaye. Yeah. And the whole reason why is because you know he's just up there on stage winding them up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's 100%. Like, <laughs> so, I, it, it's, and on top of that, it's like you get a live version of Trouble Man. You get a live version of What's Going On. You get a live version of, what you know, Let's Get It On. You get a live version of... Grant, when I was a kid, it's so good. I it's I so once good. watched a live Neil Diamond performance. Oh yeah, where he literally lays down on the stage in the front row and like makes out with somebody <laughs> in the middle of the song. And I remember watching this with my mom, and she's like, "That's nothing. I've been at James Brown concerts." Sherry, <laughs> oh my god, Sherry. <laughs> so absolutely, why? That was yes. the best show I ever saw. James Brown. <laughs> 
yeah. at the Stadthalle in Freiburg. How, how old was Jane Brown when you went to that show? Well, this was 1987. Are you Jewish? Yeah, it was incredible. He said that. Yeah. He sounded German when he said that. Yeah. Uh, no, I. Demar spent some time in Germany. I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, but I was at the Stadthalle, and he. That was. They were the James Brown band. From that that show was ridiculously good. I could not. There were three American students there, and like three thousand French people who would come over. The there's like no Germans at the show, but it was like just beyond. It was beyond stellar. Like their their talent, the energy, how tight they were. They seemed to have uh, extra sensory connection. Yeah, like just totally telepathic. They're yeah. just completely on the same page. But what, what, what's your choice? Oh. Well, I'm, so my I took my daughter to go see the Big Thief show on Thursday at mm. the Sylvie. And so I do an indie rock show on WSUM. And so... Big Thief. Nice. Yes. Yeah, that was... How old is your show. daughter? She's 15. Going to be 15. See, so you got a, you got a cool kid like me. Because mm-hmm. like when... One little story before I'll let you... So like we went and I bought... Uh, so the, the albums that Sophie picked out were, and these were the ones that she wanted to buy. So I bought the Childish Gambino's, like Awaken My Love, Radiohead's The Bends. Mm-hmm. And then. Baby's Got The Bends. And then, yeah. Uh, Lana Del Rey's, like, first. Was it Chemtrails Over the Country Club? Yes. Wasn't that one? Yeah. yeah. That, that was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's got yeah. a new record out this summer, too. Yeah. And so it just felt really good to know, like, my kiddo's got really good taste too. <laughs> so, oh, for sure. Yeah. So if you if you didn't catch that at the beginning of the show, Dumars here has a radio show on WSM, the local college station called Red Planet. Plays ninety one point seven. Ninety one point seven on Sundays, noon to two. Sunday every yeah. Sunday. It's uh, and it's, ladies and gentlemen, it's great. Like yeah. tune in. It's great. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I. It's hard to pick just one, but I would say. I every time he drops a record, Observe since '98 is a local like trip hop and um, chill beats producer, and he does crazy cool shit. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a new record that came out last week called Odd Ones Volume Two, um, but Observe since '98. Uh, also, like indistinguishable from his, he he does, he runs Loretta Records as well, which mm-hmm. is a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. That's what so I would plug for a, listeners He's today. a masked performer. Mm-hmm. That is fucking dope. Uh, every single one of his releases doesn't show his face. He's wearing some kind of mask. Yeah. Uh, if I, I could play soccer like that, I would. Yeah. Mitch, what you got? Uh, I saw Barbie last week. Um, mm-hmm. What'd you think? Dude, I went in with no expectations, no knowledge about anything about the movie, and I just walked out confused. <laughs> Like what the what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> that's that's why I, I, I just won't go watch that movie. I have no idea what. Le- like, legitimately going with no expectations and, and it's it, it's a blast. It's it's a fun it's a fun movie. Really, but it is just like completely off the rails and just bad shit. Bad yeah. shit. I the, I think the best. It's a Greta Gerwig film. Yeah, I think the best the best description I've heard is that imagine. Playing with Barbies on acid, and this is what you get. <laughs> oh, seems, shit. seems about right. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine. Jane's like, I might have to go after all. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm like, I'm like, I think we're so do you, do you regret the money spent? Are you happy you went? No, it was great. It yeah. was great. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Out of five stars, what would you give it? Uh, I actually have a letterbox, so I actually did have to do this. I put a four. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice. Which I I'm uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of out of picky. Five, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. kind of picky when it comes to when it comes to like I don't give movies fives usually, but, but I also f- don't give them like ones. Yeah. So right. like, but a, but a four, a four is, is pretty good. Four is pretty high. That's, that's a good. That's a good read. That's a good read. I've heard yeah. some twos. I heard some ones. It's yeah. it, I've I heard mean, some fives. I've, yeah, I have as anyway, well. How yeah, it's a very so that was your your pick for this week was that um, film? Yeah, I also I also have been listening to some music, and you guys will like one of my two picks of what I've been listening to. Um, I was listening to some Mary Hopkin today, which is a '60s uh, '60s singer uh, on Apple uh, Apple nice Records. Nice um, and the other one, which was I got some stuff recommended to me on YouTube, Mama's Gun. And so, these two immediately look over at me like, oh. Uh, Cure the Jones is one of my probably top ten records from the past decade. Our friend in in Chicago, Jake, we went with him to see Mama's Gun. At Sleeping uh, Village. At Sleeping Village, which was just a great venue. It's a max 300 capacity venue. Like, it was an amazing show. And Jake came out of it and said, top five show. Yeah. He was like, this, I'm like, and Jake's seen a lot of music. And so it was one of those. You saw Burner Boy play with, with Dave. Dave, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Stupid. Yeah. Top was, five show. And he was like top five show. And yeah. so. Yeah. Shout out to Jake. Jake Payne. But there's still a lot of a lot yeah. of music of Mama's of theirs to listen to. Mama's gone. Great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, Cheney, what you Cheney. got? You're you're last here, and then we can let you go. Um, I was trying to figure out what you guys are doing is it a song is it like what is, what is that what, so what is it culture like, like it's culture it's whatever. culture like is there an album a song a book music a, film a, a TV movie show, a, a TV show that like you're just like <coughs> vibing off of right it now podcast it could be, something, could be like, something that you're feasting on it could be like, like just like I, a I, song that caught you like like oh I, shit this I've is done this dope. before I'm like Connor Colloy's latest dance move yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've said I'm like I'm really playing a lot of FIFA 14 lately I don't know why I'm just really playing FIFA 14. That's what I'm Deep doing. Cuts. So, um, I've been playing a lot of Apex lately. Ooh. Do you guys know Apex? I, 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 I have played it. Yeah. I've played it. Yeah, I'm a master currently, and I'm, I've been trying to climb. Way better than me. But I can't, so it's hard. Yeah. Anyways, Apex, so I've been, is, Apex is a hard game. It's difficult when you're by yourself, too, playing with randoms. Oh, I play. I play with. I play with friends. No, I have friends that sometimes yeah. play, but then sometimes I'm just bored, and I'm just like, I need to <laughs> pass some time before bed. I'll get on by myself. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a so hard game. I play you know Apex. Who's really good at Apex? Chris Fox. No way. Chris Absolutely destroys at that game. Well, yeah. I don't have a PC though, Chris. And Derek, he doesn't either. Yeah. Oh, well, Derek Gebhard, he he has a PC and he swears he's better than me, but he's like a, a plat or something. So I don't know. <laughs> either I way, think Chris plays on Xbox, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's cross it's cross play, so it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, yeah, because you play on what you you're PlayStation a, Five, yeah. You're playing a PS Five. PS Five right? guy yeah. can never do Xbox. You were PS Five, right? I have a PS Five. I've had Xbox over the years. I always come back to Sony stuff. Yeah. Just because they they have those exclusives that are like, and, and there's something about like their games and the sharpness of the graphics. It's that, different. Like, it yeah, it's a different feel. I just keep coming back to it. Anyway, um, so then what? So that do I got a song too? I don't know. You don't have to if, if, just, if you want to. Yes, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Dumar says yes. Yeah. I think the last song I played before training this morning was uh, Carlos Santana. 
Think it was was it Maria? I think it was Maria. Yeah, Maria, Maria. Yeah, I heard that this morning. I don't know why I was drinking my coffee, and it's a it's a Mexican coffee. One word ends with like the in the in the bridge. It's like you know something from Spanish Harlem. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I know exactly what song you're talking about. I'll sing it for you, but I have to save that for the uh, the karaoke car ride I have coming That's up. Right. So That's right. Uh, quick question: um, How do you do your coffee usually? Well, how about this? I broke my French press. It was a glass French press. I broke it, and I just didn't buy a new one. Mm -hmm. So I went uh, three weeks ago, I think, is when I broke it, and then I just bought some like instant coffee. Mm. So I just have my little my kettle. But do you do you go like cream or black or just like when you? Yeah. Uh, it depends. For instance, like I in the morning I'll have I'll have cream. Like I'll have it with my breakfast. So I want a little bit of flavor. I don't want the black. But then like we had a double session today. So like I woke up from a nap. Right before we had to go to the gym, I drink a black coffee, just, you know, espresso, whatever, so. Need that boost. Yeah, that's what it is. And I, I, I never used to be a coffee drinker until I started, I guess, playing soccer, like, yeah. you know, but more, but I don't know, like, when I got a little bit older, everyone was drinking coffee, I'm like, what is this stuff? I think, is part of it the, the ritual behind it? Yeah, I think so. I'm very, like, a ritual type of guy. I like to do yeah. the same things. I'm super superstitious about what I do. So, like, I like to... If something works once, I'll do it again every single time until it stops working. I gave up coffee. You gave up you coffee? Gave up coffee? I gave it up. Like, I, like, of all things to give up, you chose I mean, coffee. I, call, I chose coffee. He and gave so, up coffee, and he started muscle milk. Yeah, so... <laughs> I drink muscle <laughs> because I, because what I've started doing is I just wake up and go for a run. Oh, oh yeah, you gotta so. get that. You gotta get that milk to those muscles. You know, that's what I'm right. Right afterwards. Yeah. So. Anyway, Christian Dumars, thank you guys both for joining us tonight. Love you we're both. Gonna, we're gonna call it here, uh, partially because we're at an hour, but partially because we gotta get Cheney uh, over to his next engagement. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I guess you better, they, you better be singing Santana to me the whole way over. Uh, you can put on whatever. <laughs> Ask anybody; they know I'll sing it. I might not be that good, but I'll sing it. No, that's, it is what that's, it is. that's me right there. But I thanks for know. having me, guys. I appreciate it every time I come. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely gonna have great another one before yeah, I leave, right? Yeah, absolutely. Either right. either postseason or like say we make it to the final right before we play the final. You know, it's up to you guys. Yeah, before the championship game. That's what you're talking about. Right now. <laughs> Let's just go get three points. Oh, down in Richmond. Yeah, down in Richmond. I see. Yeah, I see. I mean, more than three. We're going to do a little cheers. Uh, and you know what? As Grant always says, be easy. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>